Section 20 of Edmund Dantes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Edmund Dantes by Edmund Flagg. Chapter 18 The Midnight Conclave. It was twelve o'clock at night on the twenty-second of February, eighteen forty-eight. Lights still gleamed in the vast edifice of the National Printing Office, and in the editorial chamber were assembled the chiefs of the revolution. All goes well, said Louis Blanc. The blow is struck, let it only be followed up, and the efforts of the past ten years will not prove vain. How true was the opinion of Monsieur Dantes respecting the National Guard, said Morast. How true also respecting the workmen, said Albert. How true respecting the ministry, said the Jurolin. But where is Monsieur Dantes? Why is he not here? At that moment the private door opened, and Monsieur Dantes, Flocon, and Lamartine entered. The news from the chambers, cried Morast as they approached. Three impeachments of the ministry have been proposed, said Lamartine. By whom? By whom? asked Louis Blanc. By whom presented? One by Odilon Barreau, one by Duvenier de Haran, and one by Monsieur Gnaud, deputy from Toulouse. And what said Guzot? asked Morast. Nothing. He only laughed when the papers were handed him by old President Suzy. Ah, cried the Jurolin. Few deputies were there, continued Flucon. The opposition benches were vacant. Guzot was there early, pale and troubled, but stern and unbending. All the ministers followed him. What was discussed? asked Marast. The Bordeaux Bank Bill. Ah, cried the Jurolin again. Yes, continued Flocon. Until five o'clock that bill was discussed. Barreau then ascended the tribune and deposited a general proposition to impeach the ministry. And what was done with it? asked Louis Blanc. The president raised a sitting without reading it, but announced that the bureau should have it for the examination on Thursday. Infamous, cried Le Rollin. It is all as it should be, said Monsieur Dantes calmly. And the peers, what of them? The Marquis de Boissy made an effort to get a hearing on the state of Paris, but, of course, it was in vain. Is it true, asked Flocon, that the repel has been beaten today? It was beaten in the Cartier Saint-Honoré at dawn, said Louis Blanc, and this evening, at about five o'clock, in several of the Aerodismal, but no reliance need be placed on the National Guard. They are with us. They are of the people. They shout, Vive la Reform. But the Municipal Guard in the line... I am told that an immense body of them was this evening, at about eight o'clock, reviewed by the king and the dukes of Numoc and Montpassier in the Place du Carousel, said Flocon. That's true, said Le Rollin. I witnessed it myself in passing, and I could not help saying it is the last. Six thousand troops of the line are on the boulevards, from the Madeleine to the Porte Saint-Martin, said Monsieur Dantes. The Hôtel de Ville, the Place de la Bastille, de la concorde and du carousel and the quay frown with artillery to-morrow will be a warm day it has been rather warm to-day in some parts of paris said louis blanc smiling was there ever a grander spectacle than that in the place de la concorde at noon at least one hundred thousand men were assembled rushing across the bridge they gathered around the chamber of deputies then from the southern gate of the tuileries issued two bodies of troops one of mounted municipal guards and the other infantry of the line, and, pressing on the dense mass, they drove them over the bridge. 
Only a few old fruit women were crushed beneath the horses' hoofs, and a few of the troops were wounded by pebbles, however. At the same time, said Flocon, all the chains in the Champs-Elysees were in requisition for a barricade, as well as all the public carriages, and the people sang the Marseillaise, the Parisian, and the hymn of the Girondin. A guardhouse was also consumed. Have you heard Bijot's remark at noon, when looking upon Palais de la Concorde? asked Marast. We have been too busy today to hear anything, said the Girondin. Ah, we shall have a day of it, said the bloodthirsty old hero. I care not for the day, said the pale Guizot, but the night. The people made quite a demonstration about Guizot, I hear, said Faucon. They assailed him with a shower of groans, it is said, and some of the gamin flung pebbles at his gates. The most significant shout before the Office of Foreign Affairs was this, said the Girondin. Countess of Levin, where is the minister? In the very moment this was occurring, said Faucon, I understand that Monsieur Tizers, on his return from the chamber, is passing through the Champs-Elysees, nearly escaped a most unwelcome ovation from the people. The two rivals were duly and simultaneously honored, it seems. Thus much for today, said Marast. What of tonight? Barricades rise all over Paris, said Monsieur Dantes, but we can do no more. Let us each retire to his home. Tomorrow the National Guard will fraternize with the people, and the Ministry will resign. A few words of parting, salutation passed, and all departed. Monsieur Dantes and Lamartine left the office in company. What say you, Edmond? asked Lamartine. Will your wife spare you long enough from her pillow to make with me a brief tour of the town? Mercedes is rather exacting, said Dantes with a laugh. But if your fair lady will suffer your absence, mine must do the same, I fear. Well, then, let us first to the Hôtel de Ville, that grand centre of Paris and all that is revolutionary. As the two friends passed along, conversing on the events of the day, the anticipations of the morrow, they were met, from time to time, by knots of men at the corners, eagerly recounting the incidents of the hour. The roll of drums was heard in the distance, heavy and measured tread of infantry, the clatter of cavalry, and the lumbering of artillery as they passed on their way. All the shops and cafes were closed. Many of the lamps were demolished, and others were not lighted, the gas being shut off. A fearful gloom brooded over the city. The winter wind swept sharply and cuttingly along the deserted streets, and rain which froze as it fell at intervals dashed down. The Hôtel de Ville was encompassed by troops as the friends approached it. Is that a cannon? asked Lamartine, pointing to a dark object that protruded from an embrasures of the edifice. It is, replied Dantes. Then, the revolution has indeed begun. Artillery in the streets of Paris. Behind each column of the portico, of the Chamber of Deputies this day frowned a concealed cannon, was a significant response. The friends turned off from the Hôtel de Ville, and crossing the right branch of the Seine, were under the deep shadows of Notre Dame. But all was tranquil and still. Only the howlings of the wintry blasts were heard through the towers and architectural ornaments of the old pile. Up the Rue Saint-Jacques, in the Quartier Latin, they then proceeded, but the students and the grisettes seemed to be fast asleep. Turning back, they passed the fish market, and here a large body of cavalry had bivouacked. Patrols marched to and fro. Officers in huge dark cloaks smoked, laughed, and chatted, regardless of the morrow. The friends went on. All was dark in the faubourg which succeeded. Not a light gleamed, save in some lofty casement, in the fainting candle of the worn-out needlewoman, or the overtasked student. Ah! exclaimed Lamartine, as they passed one of these flickering lights. 
who knows what plotting head and ready hand may beside that candle who knows of the weapon burnished the cartridge filled and the sabre sharpened by that light for to-morrow the morrow exclaimed monsieur dantes that morrow decides the fate of france and the friends parted end of section twenty